You are listening to the Content Academy podcast where we teach online businesses how to create raving fans with their content. So let's get to it. Hey guys and welcome to the Content Academy podcast. I am Paul Caffrey. I'm joined by my co-host Phil McGrath. Phil, what's happening? What is up with it, my man? Oh, not a lot. Just another really fun podcast. Today we have Mark Lack from shortenthegap.com and it is a really, really great episode. Um, this man is, I suppose, he is an inspiration. He's a young guy, only 25 years of age. Um, he has already invested half a million dollars into himself uh, on personal and professional growth and development. Uh, and a lot of that, and I suppose nearly most of it, is down to his success that he's enjoyed online. So um, some of the stuff that we speak about today is, you know, the importance of testimonials. And testimonials are something which has really helped Mark and his business there go to, you know, a stellar level. Um, and he talks about catching people in the peak state and getting those, you know, those, getting those testimonials at the right time. Also, we talk about systems. Uh, a little I'm, bit. I'm, about, I'm a sucker for a system. Yeah, you certainly do. Uh, you certainly are. And, like, you know, we're talking about how, I suppose, the automation works. But when we actually, it relies on people, that's where things fall down. So he's got some, some great information on how he's been able to automate his processes. Yeah, it was uh, quite, quite impressive to hear how he does that. And, you know, it's certainly stuff that our audience can definitely put into use. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose two other things that were really, you know, really just jumped out before we, you know, hand the mic over to Mark was firstly how he likes to chunk things down, and you know, being a man who gets a who does a whole lot, he just you know breaks them down to smaller tasks and just gets through them. So that's you know that is nice, you know. Um, and then the final piece then, which really came to it was is I suppose what was called an, an ascension model. Um, and I think there was really a bit of silence between the two of us when this was mentioned. There was like, a little bit, all right. What's talking about an ascension model? Uh, and this is really just the the path that his his followers and his customers take from going from finding him all the way through to when they actually you know make a purchase. And he's got his setup so slick that he's able to track back that customer journey and actually has metrics on it to optimize everything which means if he's finding that a lot of people are becoming paid customers from him doing conferences he does more conferences so without talking i suppose giving away too much more uh let's hand it over uh, to mark and as i was saying we are very very happy to be joined by mark lack from shortenthegap.com uh mark is a very very successful young guy with a lot going on uh, as we've kind of mentioned on the introduction but i suppose first of all um Mark, welcome and welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. It's an honor to be here. Great. So, I mean, obviously Phil is here as well. But before we get into that, um, maybe you want to give our audience a you know a short, uh, brief description of your background uh, and how you got started and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll give the the quick overview since it's obviously a pretty long story. But in a nutshell, my journey kind of started around the age of fourteen. Uh, I was begging and pleading my parents to get me into this expensive hobby called paintball. And up until that point, I had pretty much quit everything that they put me in. Um, so, you know, an expensive hobby like paintball was something that my parents were really questionable about putting me in. But after enough persuading, uh, being the great supportive parents that they are, they got me into paintball because of my vision to be one of the best in the world and travel all over the globe competing professionally like the guys I saw on YouTube. 
And long story short, from the age of 14 to the age of 17, I had done everything that I said I would and more. I had traveled over a quarter million miles around the world competing professionally. And I had won over $300,000 in high school alone playing paintball. And I got to a point in my life around 18 or 19 where I started to get heavily invested in personal development because I really wanted to take my mindset game to the next level. And after studying a lot of personal development and business development and spiritual development, it, it led me to a place in my life where I realized that I had a much bigger purpose than just playing this fun hobby called paintball. And, you know, I had hit the pinnacle of my success at that stage in my career. And looking around me, seeing a lot of guys that were in their mid to late 20s and even 30s, and I was, you know, 18 and 19 years old, I, I didn't want to be where they were at that stage in my life. And so, from all of the personal development I had studied, I realized that I needed to go out and I needed to finish my degree in college and ultimately start my own business as an entrepreneur. And that's exactly what I did. I, I focused on graduating college um, and got a you know business degree. Not that that has anything to correlate to my success. I'm not a big advocate of the formal education system, but I did it anyways. And ultimately started my own company, a coaching company called the Peak Performance Club, which has recently been rebranded as Shorten the Gap. And it's led me to an interesting place in my life. Um, I didn't know that at this age especially, or really at all, that I was going to become a best-selling author, uh, an international speaker, and ultimately have multiple successful companies all at the age of 25. And so I'm at a really unique place in my life right now. I'm very blessed and grateful for the opportunities that have been given to me. And um, I'm just really at a place in my life where I'm, I'm focused so much on contribution and giving back and serving others. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why I love doing interviews like this. Yeah. And I mean, you've covered, I suppose, a whole lot of stuff. You've left a lot out there, but I appreciate we're only here for, for a short amount of time. But um, <laughs> Being, value, being valuable to others is key and obviously I suppose no matter what you're doing in online offline business that's always going to be the case um, I mean even looking at your site there's a lot of lot of info there um, but even on, on testimonials I mean how much you know time do you put into getting those testimonials together because you, you've got bucket loads on your on your site itself yeah um, you know I think that gathering testimonies, is really a simple process. I just think that most people make it make it more difficult than it really is. Um, you know, the best time to ask for a referral or an introduction or a testimony is obviously when the prospect or the client or the customer is at a peak state of happiness or excitement or celebration because, you know, ideally and hopefully they've, you know, succeeded and done really well with whatever it is that you provided them as a service. So, yeah. you know, if you make it a process and a procedure in your business that whenever you're talking to a client or a customer, even if they've already given you a testimony, if they're at a peak state and maybe they gave you one a few months ago or a year ago or even years ago, there's really no limit. Um, I would ask for another one because there's nothing better than getting revision testimonies where you can show a story of how somebody was impacted within the first 90 days and how they were impacted over a year or multiple years. And so for my companies, we make it a system and a process that, you know, we're conditioned to constantly yeah. be be looking for the right time to ask for a testimony. It's it's really simple. I mean, I I get my clients to get anywhere from 10 to 20 testimonies within a week 
after I share them some of the you know elegant ways to go about it. But testimonies is huge because social proof nowadays has become you know so prominent uh, that people are looking more so for social proof than anything else. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, your website or your your product can look the part, but I mean, testimonies really bring it to the next level. And I mean, is there any kind of formula so we get people when they're in that peak state when you you deliver the most value to them and obviously they're, they're the happiest. Do you find it is a video uh, testimony? Is it is it all is it written audio? I mean, what what is the type do you 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 tell you advise people to get? I highly and highly and highly advise you do video testimonies because there's a psychological v- validity behind a video testimony. Where if I showed you a hundred written testimonials. Now, of course, hopefully people are coming from a place of integrity and wouldn't do this, but it's not about that. It's about social perception. Skepticism is a terrible thing, Mark. Skepticism is a terrible thing. In some cases, it can keep people safe, but in in regards to providing a really great solution to their pain, fears, frustration, struggles, problems, whatever they're dealing with that you can solve, or provide a solution to, then skepticism can be dangerous because it can keep people away from the things that they will really benefit from. And that's where video testimonies and social proof play such a crucial role in helping people make an educated decision and what to really invest their hard-earned money in. So, you know, again, my my biggest thing is, is you focus on getting video testimonies because you can rip the audio from that and use it in an audio format. Um, and video is great because you can just take the transcriptions of what they said in the video and turned it into written. But at the end of the day, nothing beats video. If I have a hundred video testimonies, it will outperform a thousand written testimonies every day because there's just something about the validation behind, wow, this person really went out of their way to go and get that many people to film their experience of this service or offer or whatever it is. So video, video testimonies hands down all day. I mean, that's that's fantastic, Mark. I mean, and the one thing that I've been picking up on just as you've been speaking, I've been very quiet for the opening few minutes, is that I've heard you say a number of times now about your system and process. Um, is that something you apply to all facets of your of your business? Is there a system and a process in place for pretty much everything you do? Or is this specifically we're just looking at in terms of your testimonials or your products? Um, I'll be completely transparent. I think that systems succeed and people ultimately fail. Um, And so in my business, I do my very best and my team does our very best to make sure that we are finding ways to systematize things so that we can be more efficient and effective. Um, Ultimately, you know, sustainability and scalability will be a reflection of the quality of your systems and procedures. And so for me, I'm always looking for ways that I can up my game both personally and professionally in my own life and in my businesses by implementing more efficient, more effective, better performing systems. Um, and so whether it be just simply having a system in your business where your you know, staff and members are trained when to ask for referrals, when to ask for testimonies, um, how to generate qualified leads, how to nurture those leads, how to convert those leads. I mean, ultimately, there should be a system for, and this is without context, but there should be a system in as many places as you can possibly put in your business. And then there should also be a system for or a process and a procedure for maintaining and reviewing the performance of those systems so that they're constantly being optimized and maximized to their fullest potential. So you know if you need to replace or improve the systems you currently have. 
Um, so ultimately, the the out the takeaway from this, I guess, would be find the places in your business where systems can really improve your performance and mm-hmm. figure out whatever you have to do to invest the needed manpower and financial capital to implement those systems into your business so that you can ultimately scale and have a sustainable business. Because as technology continues to grow, systems and procedures become more crucial and important, and they also become much more cost-effective. So there's really no excuse to not have systems in your business. So I would invite and challenge anybody listening right now to really dissect their business model and figure out where they don't have systems that they should. Well, speaking of dissecting, Mark, I suppose, uh, given the, the topic of the podcast, I'd like to get in and dissect um, some of your, your content on the site in terms of how, how you come up with the content um, and obviously your, your writing practices that you have in place and also then coming up with your products. I mean, I'm just looking at, at your site here, obviously, shortenthegap.com. And I can see the vast array of topics in which you, you can speak upon if, if people wanted to get you in as a keynote speaker. I mean, in terms of coming up with those ideas and the content that goes into those speeches, how do you go ahead about planning those and trying to figure out what will work for certain audiences? Uh, it base, I base my decisions of content creation off audience feedback, meaning I first started my business out like most people do, which is making the mistake that you think you know what your audience wants or your niche or demographic or you know target audience whatever you're going to call it you know the people that you ultimately want to serve and provide a solution to if you haven't gone out and sat knee to knee with them talked to them over the phone or i would say the more people you can have the larger the variable sample size of people that you're getting market feedback from the better but you know, you look around and you see people just creating content at a whim because I saw somebody else did it and they, they performed really well or it worked well for them. And that's how a lot of people create their content is they don't actually go out and talk to people. They just look around and they, they think they know the solution or they think they know what people want. Um, I found it and don't get me wrong. I mean, I made that mistake too when I was starting out and, and then through trial and error and through lots of, you know, hard learning, from great mentors of mine, I, I discovered that they don't create, and now I don't either, any content without first getting market feedback from the people that I want to serve. I'll speak directly with them and find out what are their biggest fears, pain, struggles, frustrations, and what do they believe, if they had a magic wand, would be the easiest, best way to solve that, or how would they like it to be solved for them. Uh, nowadays, people love checklists. Uh, ebooks is a thing of the past. People make the mistake of trying to give people too much content and too much value. Where the best type of content models nowadays are called ascension models, where essentially you have a ton of different free pieces of content out there that are easy to consume within anywhere from one minute to five minutes, and it can be video, written checklists, how to step by steps you know, hacks and different things like that, that yeah. shorten, shorten the ability for somebody to take a concept or a simple action step by the advice you give them. Um, and, and that's really how I base my content is really short, simple, concise, with the opportunity to continue to learn more if you want. Imagine it's sort of like stair-stepping, right? The ascension model is I'll give you lots of little tiny bites of my content. And if you like it, you can have the opportunity to go and get a more in-depth version of that as you continue to go up the stairs or the ladder to getting more and more and more of my content. So but I don't, I don't create anything without first getting feedback 
Hmm. So, I mean, in, in terms of doing that, Mark, and from, as you're saying with the Ascension, basically you've created a clear pathway through your content uh, with an end goal in mind for you as well. It's not just about what you want your, your consumer or your audience to take from your information, but also where you want to bring them and ideally where you want the end goal for you to be. Am I right? Of course. I mean, my end goal is ultimately to serve the people that I want to serve in the greatest way, meaning I want to add the most value possible to them. But it's like the cliche metaphor or example of dating and how you can see a a beautiful girl and she's your ideal client, meaning she's the ideal girl you want to be with solely from an external perspective of how she looks. Um, And you could go up to her and say, hey, let's get married or let's go on a date. And that probably won't work. Um, but if you went up and you elegantly approached the individual and you started to build rapport with them and ask them questions and you worked your way up to the first date and then from there you worked your way to the second date and then so on and so forth, the natural progression from there. But most people make the mistake of having their content be like, either straight to the point, which is now that you've read a little bit of my content, buy my product. Mm. And that rarely works nowadays. And the other mistake you see people making is they say, hey, if you have this problem or struggle or fear or frustration, let me solve it for you completely 100% right now with this ebook or this long drawn out video series or anything like that. Yeah, You want to just give people a short little piece of advice. And if they like it, provide them with the call to action, the natural progression would be if you'd like more of this, here it is. Versus, you know, what I was just reiterating, which is just that people will try to throw too much out there, um, whether it be buy my stuff now or consume too much of my stuff now. You got to give people little tiny bite sizes and lots of it so that they can have sort of a buffet platter. Um, And that's essentially what my book, Shorten the Gap, is, is a buffet platter of personal development so that people can really explore what it is that they want to learn more about. And that's the information area that we're in yeah. now is people, people are way too inundated with information. So don't vomit on them with all the stuff you can provide. Rather condense it down into super short but powerful action steps that people can take next. And then, of course, you know, if they want more, then you can provide that for them. I mean, there's, there's so much there. I don't know where to go next. But I mean, essentially... <laughs> Lead magnets and, and being able to give that short, sharp piece of advice. And that, that's, that's a really great tip. So just to emphasize that, and some of the other guests we've had on have, have, I suppose, maybe not went through it in as much detail as yourself, Mark, but certainly you know, outlined the fact of giving people quick wins as being important. Um, so I suppose, am I, would I be right in thinking then that all of your, your online content, in a sense, you're, you're trying to, I suppose, move people into a funnel and move them, move them along, be it on a, an email list or, or something along those lines, is... Does, does every piece of content have a purpose on your site to, to get people onto your list or are you trying to get people to take a different action? I think that there's different approaches. I think that some people have, and there's not, I wouldn't say that there's one right or one wrong way to go. It totally depends on your business model and your values and your end game and your vision for your company. But for me, a lot of what I provide is just great free value-added content with the... I would say law of reciprocity and law of attraction kind of playing in my favor where if I just go out and I don't focus so much on making sure that each piece of content leads to another that's going to ultimately have them opt into my nurturing conversion funnel to sell them something, I'm not, I'm not at that place in my business or my life. 
for me, it's just about serving others in a greater way. I'm not trying to get every penny I can out of every opportunity and squeeze things dry, which to me would be every little piece of content I do is solely to get them to another piece to ultimately sell them. Uh, there's a lot of things that I do where I'm just focused on fully showing up to add as much value as I can to contribute. Um, and I would think that from there, if a, a number of people, a, a small percentage to a large percentage of people like what they're hearing, then they'll be interested in wanting to learn more, in which case you know, they can easily find me on social media, my videos, my YouTube playlists, lots of stuff about me on the internet, in which case it makes it easy for them to find me if they want more information. I'm not trying to optimize and sell people at every single point in my business, although that can be great. But for me, um, I want to just serve others in as large a way possible and the money tends to show up. I mean, just in terms of what you've said there, Mark, you also listed off quite a, a large number of various platforms that you're very, very active in. And obviously, given the amount of work that you do, how do you go about planning all that out in terms of, of making sure you stay on top of the various platforms that all your content is up to date and you're hitting your targets? I mean, do you use your editorial calendar or how do you go about planning that? I make it pretty simple. I chunk things down. I think that <clears throat> when you focus on the big picture, it can seem overwhelming and it can really uh, demotivate you to want to take action. Like, oh no, I got to film all this and write all this. How am I ever going to do it? But if you look at it as, I only need to write a two-page article. I only need to film a three-minute video, whether I film it organically or I write a script before I film it. If you chunk things down, it becomes a lot simpler. And that's a... Uh, a technique that I learned from one of my friends and mentors, Tony Robbins, who teaches a technique called chunking down, where if you look at the big picture, you can get overwhelmed. But if you break it down into sort of like the old cliche saying, you know, um, yard by yard, it may seem hard, but inch by inch, everything's a cinch. And so if you just chunk your content down and you looked at it as sort of like writing a book, you know, when I wrote my book, one of the tips I got from a mentor of mine, Brian Tracy, is if you just wrote two pages a day, in two months, you've written 120 pages. And 120 pages is probably the most that you should write a book nowadays with people's attention spans. And so in just two months, you could write a 120-page book by only writing two pages a day. And if you spent 10 hours writing those two pages, you'd probably be able to do it. And so the point is, break things down so that it's inch by inch, step by step, and it becomes a lot easier. And so I don't really get overwhelmed with content creation because I break things down so that it's so simple so that I can create one piece of content a day or a couple pieces a week. And within a few years, you've got hundreds of pieces of content and then you can repurpose them, combine them and do a variety of different things to ultimately leverage and optimize all the hard work you've put into you know, the content you're creating. And again, right, you can serve people in a larger way. So chunk things down and do it you know, step by step and inch by inch. Yeah, I mean, and one of the things you spoke about there is something that I'm a big advocate of, and that is, of course, repurposing your content. Um, and I, I love, again, that it's come up. In terms of repurposing your content that way, are there any considerations that you make when you're creating it so that it kind of, in effect, stays evergreen, that you can repurpose it down the line without it going stale? You know, there's a lot of different things. If I were to write an article that, let's just say, was a three-page article, I could then hyperlink out to a video 
in any context, a video leveraging, you know, ClickFunnels or lead pages or on YouTube, my playlist or a landing page. There's so many things that you can do to repurpose content like, oh, how do I get a video and written to work? I just explained one variable is you have an article that, you know, has an external link out to a video and then that video can have a call to action to go to a page to opt in or to subscribe to get more information. So really, you know, I would look to figure out how you can repurpose content, but th I think that that might take people's eye off the prize of how do I create all of my content with the end game of ultimately combining it and connecting it and repurposing it properly. I don't know if I would advise that. I would focus first on getting market feedback, figuring out the best way to serve people. Does your audience specifically want super short videos, super short audios, super short written? I think that you should hit up all of them and ultimately test and see what performs the best. Um, but I wouldn't get caught up in the game of what is this, how is this going to connect with my other piece of content. What's great is just constantly get feedback from your audience and adjust your content, how you deliver it, the type of content, etc. And then later, when it comes time to repurpose that content, you can look at the vast amount of amazing content you've created from your feedback from your audience, and then it becomes pretty easy to connect the dots based on what your future projections and steps are of what you want to create. It makes it easy to look back at all the things you have and figure out how you can connect the dots from there. That's a fantastic piece of advice. I, I, I love that. It's constantly evolving your content based on your customers' needs, and it, it really is the way to go. And again, as you said at the start, you know, you, you really shouldn't be creating content unless you know what your audience wants. And unfortunately, that seems to be a trap that many people fall into. They think they know what their audience is looking for without having done the research. So I love the fact that you, you speak about that constant evolving of the, of the content. Um, I mean, in terms of also your products that you create, Mark, I'm looking at, at the two you have listed on your site here, the Leverage 7 Steps to Financial Abundance and the Success Series. In terms of breaking that down into those seven steps, um, how did you come about the, the, the topics and how you would segment them into which step would come first and, and how it would run together and, and ultimately lead to a smooth product that people could work their way through on their own? Great question. Uh, that was solely from trial and error when I was starting out my company. Um, my first year out of college, I started my coaching, speaking, author business and broke six figures my first year, which is pretty rare, especially at 23. And, you know, the seven-step leverage course sort of evolved and came about from looking back on so many people saying, you know, Mark, how the heck at 23, no experience in the space, were you able to start a company and in this industry and, and break six figures when most people don't break six figures ever? Um, and then down from there, it's usually within three to five years. And then from there, right at 23, which is even more unheard of. So I had a lot of people asking, how did you do it? And I, I started to look at it and Honestly, a, a lot of it was systematic and in, investing in the right thing at the right time. But the seven-step leverage process came about when I started to, again, one of the systems in my business was track and measure all the metrics of what's working. So then through my analysis, so it's, it's a simple process that we use, metrics, analysis, action. We, and if you reverse the process, it's, I take all of our company's action steps and action items and base that off of the analysis that we get from our metrics. And what I mean by that in a contextual example is that the metrics I'll get in our business is when we have a new client come to our pipeline or when we have a new prospect ultimately 
convert into a, a client from our Ascension model, whether they came in from a lead magnet or an interview or a free or a book or our program and ultimately they become a, a, a high paid client. What we do is we reverse the process and find out where did that person come from, almost like a journey and a roadmap. This person now has invested $5,000 in me and before that it's because they bought my program which I then reached out to and gave them a free call and before that they bought a book and before that they heard about me on an interview. Which interview was it? Great. Why'd they buy the book? Where did they buy the book? Because there's so many ways you can buy my book. What led them to ultimately wanting to buy the program and how long was it between buying the book and the program that they made their decision? What was it that caused them to ultimately come back and buy the, the program? What was it that led them to wanting to have the free call? And then on the free call, of course, I'll already know by then why they ultimately wanted to move forward as an investment and work with me as a client. And so based on all of those metrics, I can figure out what can we do to improve it and what sort of lead gen, whether it be interviews, whether it be cold traffic on Facebook, whether it be joint venture promotions, seeing me speak at a conference, what works? And based on that, I can say, great, you know what? Conferences work really, really well, better than all of the other things. So what am I going to do more of? More conferences. And based on those metrics and then the analysis of, okay, great, conferences perform the best, yielding the highest return, I'll do the most of those. And so the seven-step process came about by me looking at how I broke six figures my first year and realizing that it really boiled down to seven essential steps. And those seven steps are what helped me break six figures my first year at age 23 out of college and have allowed me to be on the path to seven figures just in my third year and ultimately helping other people, many people around the world with their coaching, consulting, author speaking, and info marketing practices, ultimately break six figures and be well beyond that um, to hitting the goals that they have. And so the seven-step leverage course came about by me simply reflecting on the metrics of what really helped us perform the best in our first year and how others can follow a very simple seven-step process that from experience of other clients going through the same thing will yield a very similar, if not even better, return depending on how uh, advanced your business is. Excellent stuff. I mean, essentially, you've just reversed engineered um, your your initial successes and, and, and you're now teaching those to people. And I, and I love that because there's a proven track record there. You know this, this isn't airy fairy wishy-washy this works and we can put it down and show people exactly how to replicate and move up move along with it and i i absolutely love that i mean we're kind of getting on for time now so we'll, we'll kind of begin to wrap this up i suppose but one of my big problems that i find and especially uh, speaking to business owners and bloggers and content creators is when you speak to them about the content that they create and you know, they spend a lot of time sculpting and crafting their content with a lot of consideration and care gone into it in terms of where it's going to be placed, when it's going to go out, the images they'll use, the links contained within that. They spend all that time doing that and hit publish and then seem to take a big sigh of relief and just close the computer down and off they go um, where promotion doesn't really come into it. Um, and for me, and I've said it before, that's where the hard yards come in. It's all very well and good creating the content, but unless you're willing to put in the time to promote it, you're going to find yourself in great difficulty. And would you have any any tips, I suppose, for our listeners out there who might be struggling with that aspect in terms of getting their name out there or getting their brand out there and promoting the content that they're creating? You know, there's that's such a, a loaded question, and, and I wish. <laughs> I wish we had more time to really dive into it so I could give the most constructive answer. However, if I had to boil it down to just a couple simple steps, it would be 
really figuring out a community that you can belong to because I love the saying, a rising tide floats all boats. And what that really means is that when you find a group and a community and a tribe that is on sort of the similar path, wanting to achieve similar goals in a similar space, you want to attach yourself and partner with those types of people so that whenever they're succeeding, you're succeeding. When you're succeeding, they're succeeding. And so I've been blessed and lucky to, I guess luck isn't the word because I've done it, I've made it happen. So I've been blessed to create the opportunities in my life where I've been able to reach out to and develop relationships with very high level people at a young age, which has really helped me achieve the success that I have at a young age. and. So step one, and this isn't in any specific order, I guess just a piece of advice number one would be find a group of people that you can be a part of, whether that means you invest in joining a, a mastermind or you just simply start reaching out to people and figuring out ways that you can add value. You know, um, people might be listening thinking, well, how did you get these people that are high level to you know, want you to be part of their inner circle? I reached out to them and I found ways that I could support them, that I could help them achieve their goals. Jim Rohn, one of my favorite mentors, says, you can have everything you want in life if you just help enough people get what they want. And so that's essentially the quote to go off of for what I mean by this is reach out to people that you would aspire to have in your network, that you could call a friend, that you could call a partner, and figure out ways that you can first make a deposit in them. And then later, you can benefit and yield the return of taking a withdrawal and having them add value to you. But you first have to show up, do some research, and figure out ways that you can support them, figure out ways that you can make valuable connections for them, alleviate stress and pain of having to do tasks and things that they don't want to do or that they'd have to pay for. You'll do for free because you'll step up and you'll make a deposit in them first. The second thing I would do outside of building a tribe and a community of friends and partners that support each other is... Focus on how you can get out there and serve your community in ways that allows you to add value to them so that people start wanting to follow you and you're perceived as a leader and an expert in a specific industry or on a topic. Um, that's essentially why I'm doing this interview right now. You know, I mentioned to you guys before we got started, we said it would be very organic and conversational as it has been. Um, and I've done close to four or 500 interviews now. And the reason why is because, like I said, I just want to serve people and show up, um, you know, as a contributor. And so, you know, step one is build a tribe and a community. Step um, two is get out there and figure out all the ways that you can serve your audience in a greater way than you currently are. Don't just hide behind your computer and upload videos. Get out there and go to networking events. Get on stages. Meet people. Shake hands with people. Rub elbows with people at these events. Again, building your tribe will help you get into more of these events. Um, step number three would probably be learn the process for building your brand. I think that a lot of people are running around trying to build something that they've never really invested in learning. And then they, they think that, oh, personal brands don't work or, oh, that doesn't work as well as you think. We've tried it. But there's a difference between trying something and then doing it right. And so a lot of people listening right now, maybe you're thinking this resonates with them because they have been attempting to build a personal brand or they're in the process of it and they're not yielding the return or the results that they want yet. And I would invite you to look at how much have you really invested in learning about what is a brand? How does a brand work? 
Why do you even want to build a brand? Why do people want to even correlate themselves and you know be part of your brand, buy the things you have and follow you? So start to learn what a brand really is and learn the process for how you can develop your own personal brand and leverage that more so than building a community, but a personal brand so that people ultimately want to follow you. Like Trump has companies, but he's also his own personal brand. Richard Branson, the same thing. And so those are my three pieces of advice for people out there. No, there's loads of so much great stuff there. Um, I'm, I don't know. I mean, have you any more questions you want to shoot through? Phil, or have we probably taken enough of Mark's valuable time at this point? And again, grateful for you coming on the show. Of um, course. You know uh, what, Mark? I could probably talk to you for another hour. Um, I've, I've, a, I've a list <laughs> of questions piling up here, but I think perhaps maybe if you're good enough, we might save them for a second podcast interview somewhere down the line. We can get you back on and uh, dig a little deeper on some of those topics we've covered today. Awesome. That would be fantastic. I love to. Uh go deeper on any of the things we talked about or bring up some new stuff as well. So we can schedule that uh, and that'd be awesome. Excellent stuff. Well, Mark, again, thank you very much for coming on the show. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Uh, For anyone who wants to drop you a line and say thanks very much for the advice you've given them today and let you know what they thought of today's interview, where can they get a hold of you? The best place would be to reach out to me at shortenthegap.com and just go to the contact section or find the social media on there and reach out to me. Um, Somebody in my company will either forward your your message to me or if you reach out to me on social media through the website just as well. Uh, Again, shortenthegap.com. That's shorten the gap, which is the same as the book, shortenthegap.com. Lovely. And we'll make sure to have links to all those in the show notes. So don't worry about it. You can head on over to content.academy forward slash episodes and you'll see this interview there mark it's been a real pleasure thank you very much and we'll chat to you again soon thanks guys it's been an honor and that was mark lack from shortenthegap.com um a lot of things there phil that i would like to talk to you about my good man Um, yeah there was plenty in it all right i mean it's uh, i'm my jaw is still on the floor. I just can't believe the amount of success this guy has had at such a young age and how he genuinely is there to help people. It's not all about the cash money. It's not all about the ready. He genuinely is trying to make a difference in people li- people's lives. Yeah, and like, I mean, he connects people. He does so much. But I mean, some of the stuff which is quite powerful, I mean, one is testimonials. And if you go to shortenthegap.com, there, there are a lot of service there that you can actually take advantage of from uh, from Mark, but I mean, the testimonials are there to back it up, and it's not like it's one or two, it is a lot. And also, the fact of you know, video being so much more compelling than just the quote. It's so often we would see you know, a picture of somebody's face and a quote, whereas he's kind of saying, you know, video is really the yeah. only show in town. Yeah, it was interesting to see how we how he does that, and um, when he gets a hold of his customers and when they get the uh the testimonials from them and how also they can track a journey of a customer through testimonials in terms of you know it could be their second or third testimonial they've given but they can kind of nearly show all of them and this is the journey they've had with mark yeah and what's even nicer is he even can take it a step back where he'll be able to say well you know they 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 found me on youtube and you know they subscribed there and then they got onto my email list and then after like seven or eight emails, they clicked onto a couple of links and, and this is how they actually became a paying customer who offered up a testimonial. Um, and, and what that really comes into it comes down to is it's a highly evolved system. And as he quickly pointed out at the start of that interview, you know, systems succeed 
and people fail. And so as much of that as can be automated is going to be you know, to your benefit. And I suppose also, if you actually wanted to say build a business and sell it quickly, typically a lot of people are guilty of being their business. But whereas if you have this, you know, processes are in place and the systems are working and you don't actually, you know, if you can take, I suppose, I mean, the age old adage, you know, a lot of people say they're an entrepreneur, but if they took three months off, their businesses would fail. Yeah, you need so to be able essence, to take you out of the business. Otherwise, yeah, then, you don't have a business. Yeah, then you're an entrepreneur. No, you, you do have a business, but you, you're not an entrepreneur. Uh, so, um, I mean, as regards that, that's something which, you know, is is monumental and people tend to ignore or just kind of not think about. So I quite like that. Yeah, no, it was, it was impressive. And I'm, you know, as I said in the show, I'm a sucker for a system. Yeah, of course, of course. And I suppose, that, I mean, the one final thing, I suppose, relating to content, as we are, you know, the Content Academy podcast, was the fact that he, you know, reinforced that your lead magnet does not have to be war and peace. It simply needs to be short, sharp, and give some quick, actionable value for people. Um, and you kind of highlight ebooks are a little bit, you know, I suppose a little bit last year, maybe a little bit three years ago. Now it's more about what, what, what can you get across to somebody in one page or in a couple of minutes that they can actually action yeah. to make them want to engage with you. And that is quite powerful. Yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, a lot of people seem to struggle with lead magnets and trying to come up with this great and awesome 12-page guide with a six-part video series and the whole lot. It doesn't need to be that complicated. Marcus, proof of that, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we could go on all day. We could talk about the Ascension model, the metrics he uses to man- to measure everything. And But I suppose without doing that, chunk it down, Phil. That's all I'm saying to you. Chunk it down. I most certainly will, my good man. I most certainly will. Sound. All right. Well, look, if you enjoyed that podcast, give us a rating on iTunes. That really, really helps us and only takes a very, very short amount of time to do. You can even do it from your phone. And the other thing which I think will be very helpful is get your online content organized. We have a fantastic editorial calendar for managing your content. A lot of people are kind of coming back and we've made a few tweaks to it and it's it's been enjoyed. So again, go ahead and get that. That is free. If you're on the show notes page, it's actually to the right of that. So um, again, there is uh, something for you to, to use and enjoy and benefit from free of charge. Yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. Until next time, folks, we will chat to you then.